Adam Roy is a food and beverage expert and a five-star chef. He's also the Dr. Louis J. and Mrs. Ruth E. Minor chef and professor of culinary management in the School of Hospitality Business inside Michigan State University's Broad College of Business. And it's a pleasure to welcome him for the first time to MSU today. Hello, Adam. Hello, and thank you for having me. Before we get going, you're new to MSU, came last August. A little bit of your background. Sure. Um, Yes, I am a culinarian, a crazy culinarian, as I say in my class. Um, I'm originally from the south suburbs of Chicago and come from a small hometown called Frankfort, Illinois. Um, I started off in the restaurant business at a young age of 12, started washing dishes. That was after three years of rolling papers and throwing papers. Uh, So about 12 years old, started as a dishwasher. Age 13, the chef decided to leave and I was the most uh, reliable worker. So she taught me everything she knew. It was a small mom and pop uh, kind of eclectic uh, restaurant with like a set menu and everybody changed their main dishes. It was quite funny. Cactus Carol's was the name. I loved it. Um, And then, um, so she taught me everything. I made fresh cream puffs, uh, uh, homemade bread, uh, soup. I grilled steaks and chicken. It was like a a seven course menu and people could just have a different main course. So I did that because I was from 13 to about 16. And then I uh, hated the kitchens. I thought it was a dirty job, but it made money. I had to buy my own toys. I come from humble beginnings. So I really enjoyed that, those lessons of being on time, being responsible, uh, hired all my friends as my staff. So I was their supervisor, had a great time. And then um, later uh, kind of went into culinary school. Mom pushed me towards culinary school. I wanted to kind of do hospitality management actually. I actually came to MSU as a young uh, young professional or a young uh, uh, kid uh, trying to look and see if I was going to go into MSU as a uh, for a bachelor's degree. But culinary school got the better of me after a couple years of being in culinary school in Joliet Junior College. I went or uh, found some connections that led me to overseas experiences. And that was just, just shot me into a great direction of uh, international career on four continents, uh, cruise ships, hotels, resorts, restaurants, casinos, uh, uh, saw a lot. <laughs> I had a wonderful ride and uh, if COVID put the uh, put the cigarette in the ashtray, then so be it. <laughs> no, there's more adventures for me to come. Tell us what is Dry January, sort of how did it originate? How is it evolving? Yeah, from what I've uh, looked up and what I understand and uh, I read it, Dry January started around 2013. It kind of... Uh, took over from like a alcohol concern movement in the UK. And then it kind of got rebranded, which is a great idea <laughs> uh, to rebrand something and kind of launch it in another direction to kind of make it, make it more appealing or appeasing to the public. So then it came, became dry January. So it's technically kind of new, but people have been abstaining from alcohol and from, you know, treating their body better in better ways throughout the entire year for, for centuries, yeah. you know? I've even heard it called dryuary yeah, sometimes yeah. And, too. And, and damp January don't have to go fully dry. I go dry once or six days a week. Uh, uh, Friday's my drinking day, for example. Uh, I'm participating in dry January this month. Uh, sober October. I have a lot of friends that do sober oh. October. So I mean, dry January is here to stay. So Adam, what does it take to craft a good non-alcoholic beverage? 
Uh, I've talked to a few distillers, master distillers. There's an alum that I met. Uh, he's great. He's out in Seattle, and he told me and 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 stresses highly stresses that it's the quality of ingredients. It's all the keeping that integrity of the ingredients because distillation takes a lot of things out. For when you distill a spirit or or a botanical, it takes a lot out of the original uh, contents of that ingredient. So um, non-alcoholic beverages are easy to do. Zero proof takes a couple extra steps through osmosis and through a couple other scientific scientific methods that I'm not fluent in, but that are very interesting to read about. And then um, obviously uh, taste. And instead of loading them with sugars and loading them with things that are just not healthy for us, how do you supplement that for another flavor, another direction? For and sure. why do you think things like dry January and sober October have taken off? Uh, I think it's because of December. Let's blame December for yeah. dry January, <laughs> overindulging. Uh, uh, Holiday and, parties. Yep, <laughs> exactly. It's exactly all those things. I think it's a it's a good way to start off the year with a clear head. Um, alcohol can be blurry or make us a little blurry at times. It's made me fully blurry but sometimes. So it's good to kind of uh, regroup for the rest of the year, and it's a good way to start the year off new. So how are the companies capitalizing on this trend towards somewhat non-alcoholic beverages? Yeah, um, I, I've, I've talked about it a lot. It's the same way that the vegan companies, meat, vegan meat companies are kind of taking over a piece of the pie from the meat companies. You know, they are targeting these 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 non-meat, uh, you know, these meat eaters, trying to pull them over. Same with the non-alcoholics. But I think in the in zero spirits or zero proof kind of direction, they're actually seeing a lot of money left on the table when people are coming in to request non-alcoholics. It's happened to me a few times in this area. I've gone in, asked, and they've laughed at me, and they said, the only thing non-alcoholic that we have is water. Well, they could have made five bucks off my yeah. wife or the, who doesn't drink. They could have made five bucks off my friends who I brought brought in with me. So they might be laughing, but their bank accounts are not laughing. So I think a lot of people are getting smarter. Even even small breweries are having canned beverages that are non-alcoholic. You know, we, we drink a lot of non-alcoholic stuff all day long. It's it's just true. Well, what would be some of your tips for a successful dry January? Yeah, for sure. Let, like I said, let everybody kind of know around your immediate circle what you're doing. Uh, they'll be a little bit more considerate. Um, let uh, plan your days out, plan your weekends out a little bit better with more activities, more outdoor activities, depending on the weather or not depending on the weather. If you're a cold weather person like me, I don't mind getting a little bit cold, going for nice long walks, seeing a lot of nature, living in these beautiful states, especially like Michigan, it gives us a blessing uh, of options just to kind of explore the uh, local environment. Also, um, what I substitute instead of alcohol is mostly food, which is probably a bigger issue. <laughs> we all kind of uh, go to the belly. Uh, uh, a lot of non-smokers who try to go cold turkey kind of overeat. It's just we're substituting something yeah. for something else. I think you have to be weary of that too. So exercise is not a problem to substitute that for a drinking session or whatever. But going into other hobbies that could be detrimental to your health or lead in another direction is probably not the best thing to, to indulge in. So it's always better to be mindful. Yeah. Adam Roy is with me from the School of Hospitality Business at Broad College of Business at MSU. And Adam, we mentioned that you just came last August. What attracted you to MSU? Um, the location of the Midwest. I, I like to be close to uh, my hometown. It's nice to have that great thing. MSU has such a great reputation. Um, I've always, like I said, looked up to this university, even as a young culinarian or a young uh, professional. It's always been out in the open or out in the public. It has a great program. Our hospitality program's turning 100 years old in 2027. Um, 
I've met a lot of people or alum from the program that have always talked nothing but good things about it. Um, I like Michigan a lot. A lot of people like Michigan. It's just a blessed state with all this beautiful water and nature all around it. People is is a is a big factor in in my uh, vision of of this whole uh, environment. And I have had nothing but good relationships, open hearted, direct conversations, and that's very Midwest. And that's really really something that I appreciate. And the the School of Hospitality Business is one of those very strong programs that MSU always has been. Do you, how did that kind of become the case, and how is it being maintained? Yeah, being being such an established program uh, back in the heyday, I think that they were one of very few yeah. programs. You know, besides the private institutions that were always on the forefront, Michigan State led the way for many many years. Um, having successful alum, uh, the alum being so generous, giving back has kept that program on top of the scale, you know, really. And um, having great leadership with our current leadership, the current dynamic, the diversity of our uh, instructors uh, mentally, uh, are just with different focuses and different concentrations, great research. It's, it's just a blessing to be around fellow professionals that are really passionate about the hospitality industry. And how would you say the the mission of the school is evolving over these years? I know you've just come, but <laughs> but you you can see it. You can see it with this uh, inclusion push, this sustainability push, this kind of we're in it together. This team, the culture of MSU is overwhelming to me. I've, I've I haven't I never attended a large university like this, so it's it's different for me. I'm I'm not only a new professor, I'm also like a new family member, and to understand what big football games are about or polite students and polite faculty it's it's really nice and for it to be located in such a dynamic uh, you know area of this you know uh, central michigan or mid michigan location is just awesome lansing is a great place east lansing is great i live in haslett it's just a, I've, yeah. I've never met nothing but great people and people are so friendly everywhere and it's it's good to be home in in a way very low barriers to collaboration <laughs> we always hear between faculty too they're yeah, not very yeah. not siloed yeah. like and, a lot and of that other has places. been my goal i've been blessed to have a, a a great leader who gave me the opportunity to reach out to other places uh, like the dietetics department and the food science department i've toured every corner of this university the the brewmaster who's on site she showed me around and, and what she's doing with distilling and brewing and i've reached out to the chefs here at msu who welcomed me in very 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 open with open arms and who have let me in on their quirks or things to help me kind of my or help my classes kind of move forward with things that I need resources that I need so everybody from the top to the bottom have been nothing but friendly to yeah. here and Adam we talked about the uh, I know we could have a conference on this yeah. but in general what do you see as sort of the 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 evolu- how is the hospitality business industry evolving what are some of the key issues the challenges the opportunities that you're training students to go into yeah for sure my my focus is is not so much on skills as in uh you know trade skills of cooking or or knowing everything about wine or beverages or knowing everything about menus my approach is to get the students to understand how to manage it how to make money with it how to make it into a thriving business, how to fix problems, because those students will be faced with nothing but challenges every day. 
you know, labor, uh, uh, food costs, beverage costs, customer interactions, sustainability, all these topics are going to be at the forefront of their careers. So they have to take that, you know, head on and to keep teach them or to make sure to enforce that they have a positive mental attitude, that there is a way to fix problems. So those problems don't just keep on bouncing back every week or month or year. There, there is that kind of approach to my teaching that I always stress that that takes that industry knowledge that you will learn as you're a young professional and grow into and that leadership role and that 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 kind of sent, setting the example for your underlings or staff is the best way to go you know it's it's teaching them that they are going to be challenged every day but how to handle it with a with a positive mental attitude and one of the hot issues and particularly the restaurant industry is tipping yes where do you fall on the tipping issue <laughs> <laughs> as 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 you can see from my the look at my face uh it is very you know i'm, I'm in the middle i i was explaining uh, earlier that I lived overseas for 20 years and other countries just don't tip. So after living 20 years overseas or coming home every year to see my friends or family, I would be shocked when I would get the bill. I, the first time was in Hawaii. We were on a vacation. I met my mom in the middle and somebody at like a kiosk flipped that, that iPad or that, that tablet around. And I'm like, this is counter service. Why do I have to, this is just, and again, it, it has started and snowballed from there. You know, I, I get it. Um, I get owners. I get the business mentality of it. And I get the storekeepers who just don't want to, you know, absorb that three, five, 15, whatever percent of a surcharge on a credit card or a tip uh, staff. They also want to make sure that their staff are happy. So, but I still feel, you know, different services, dis, uh, you know, determine different, you know, tipping or tipping at all. So I think that it takes kind of a common sense approach. Um, if it makes sense, I think it's good if you feel good. But if you feel that it's kind of confrontational, maybe you should question your, you know, your, your purchasing uh, power. And what are some of the other issues that you think about or that keep you up at night as it relates to hospitality business? Labor, labor, labor. You know, skilled labor especially. Um, everybody says that the younger generation doesn't want to work. That's not true. I, I, I am totally against that saying the younger generation doesn't want to go through the headaches of their parents, you know, that their parents had. Why should I be strapped to a house? Why can't I just pay rent? Why should I be, you know, strapped to a mortgage? Why should I go out and buy this super expensive car when I can just ride this beater around? Why should I, you know, whatever, you know, overindulge my life? Why should I work into a, you know, a kitchen when sweating and stress and everything? I could just drive for Uber. You know, like there are other ways now that were not around when I was a young professional. So I think they're using those options. The economy is shifting to that gig kind of approach where there's a short term or a ad hoc kind of service. I feel that the younger generation shouldn't go that way. It's better to have a career in a profession as, a, as opposed to be a for hire worker. But that's my own personal approach. There are a lot of opportunities out there where young professionals or young students or graduating students can go and have a wonderful career. So I just think that the younger you know, population are just kind of viewing their options. And that's fine. They want to work. They want to be included. They want to contribute. They're just some that don't know how to contribute or they just are finding their way. But that doesn't mean at all that they don't want to work at all. What would be your sales pitch then to students or maybe their parents? Why come to the School of Hospitality Business? Why get into that industry? Yeah, the, the, the School of Hospitality Business can launch them into a great 
you know, career. We have the most, uh, you know, wonderful connections that I've ever seen in any university that I've been a part of. There's also that, that alumni support that we have. We have this mentorship that the alums uh, have taken part of where students can sign up and have their career mentored. That's very rare in any university that I've seen. Scholarship opportunities, uh, job networking, our career fairs are phenomenal. We have a whole department that is just uh, there to support student in, in a resource kind of way. We have a whole department. It's a it's an endowed position. We have a leader there, Troy. He's excellent. And all these students have full right to go any day, knock on the door, get their resume fixed, get connected with job, possible job opportunities, and people are begging for our students. You should see our career fair. <laughs> we got them lined out of the door. You got to <laughs> beat them away with a stick. It's just absolutely amazing. It's a good situation to be in here in, at MSU. But for parents, not only that that launch of a career, but the opportunities and the connections that are out there too. Uh, when you work with people like me or, or you get to talk with people like me, I'm very passionate. I know a lot of things that are free out there. I went to Germany for a year, full trading. It's a full mini ambassadorship exchange program, living in Germany, working in Germany, learning German, learning how to cook in a German kitchen for a year, fully paid for by the U.S. taxpayers. You know, those opportunities are out there. Unless you meet somebody like me, you might never hear, or hear about it. After that, I went to Switzerland for a year, worked in uh, Zurich for a year in a five-star hotel as a young cook. I mean, all these opportunities have skyrocketed my career into a wonderful, wonderful situation, you know? Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us, telling us a little bit about Dry January and all the cool things still going on and growing at the School of Hospitality Business. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's wonderful to be a Spartan, and I'm very, very happy to be a new member of the family. Awesome. Go green. Go white. <laughs> That's Adam Roy. He's the Dr. Louis J. and Mrs. Ruth E. Minor, chef and professor of culinary management at the School of Hospitality Business inside Michigan State University's Broad College of Business. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.